Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Today's sermon is called Words to Live By, and this is a a message that, again, kind of as I mentioned, is... um, Something that over the last few years I have really been working on trying to figure out how to, how to uh, get control of my life in a way that doesn't leave me feeling tired or anxious. Um, you know, as probably most of you guys know, over the last couple of years, there's been a lot of, a lot of changes that have taken place in my life. About a year or so ago, I uh, moved into a full-time uh, uh, software recruiting role at another company. Um, you know, there have been a um, number of shifts and changes in our church. There's been um, life challenges, family challenges, emotional challenges, spiritual challenges, all of those things. If anything, things have gotten busier. Things have gotten crazier. Things have become more intense and more challenging challenging, uh, and yet I'm actually more at peace now than I have been in a very long time. How is that possible? And it's because of this concept of words to live by. I have found that it's better to, instead of change what you do, it's better to change the way you think. And some of us in the room probably are already thinking, oh, geez, Are we about to hear like a mind over matter? Like I'm not talking about like my hand is falling off and so, you know, I just don't think about the pain and it doesn't matter. That's not what I'm saying. Um, But there 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 is something true and powerful about applying the truth of Scripture to your life and not allowing um other ways of thinking, negative ways of thinking, lies to dominate your thought processes. Um, And if you apply God's word to it instead, if you think God's thoughts, you think those things, it changes the outlook of your life and then the output of your life as well. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. And so if you're like, I don't know what we're talking about. This is kind of weird. Like there's nothing weird about it. It's actually scripturally based. We're going to talk about that. But I just really wanted to, um, to, to, because I wanted to bring you into a journey because it has changed the entire way that I see life. And even though my life has gotten crazier and more intense and more challenging, I'm actually in a better place now. And I think that there are people in the room today who could probably stand to hear this. And so what I, I would say is this, is nothing has changed about what I do. What has changed is how I think. And so our thoughts really do matter more than you could imagine. And we're going to talk about that today. But the whole idea of this message, if you're writing notes, taking notes, it'll be on the screen as well. This is the central point of this whole thing is this, is that our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What do I mean by that? Well, If my life is full of faith, if my thoughts are full of God's truth, you are becoming more like Christ every day. That's what the Bible teaches us. That's what Scripture teaches, that if I fill my my thoughts through with truth of Scripture, of of what is good, of what is right, of what is lovely, if I think about those things, I'm becoming more like Christ, whereas the opposite is also true if my thoughts are negative, negative, if I think toxic thoughts, if I think polluted thoughts, and this is a bold statement that I'm going to make, but I believe it to the core of me, is that I promise that you will not live in victory, that you will struggle in your actions because your thoughts are far from God's truth. I believe that to the core of me. We have been designed 
as God's children to live in a way that aligns with how God created the world to live. And the reason that the world is the way that it is, the why we have such pain and turmoil and strife and struggle and fear and doubt and greed is because we're living in a way that is contrary to the way that God designed it to be lived. And we, excuse me, think it's normal because that's just the world that we live in, right? It's not no surprise to us, selfishness or fear, doubts, you know, like getting mine, all the stuff, right, that creates problems, that's not unnatural to us because that's the world that we live in. And, but the reality is that when we discover God's truth, what we're actually doing is we're discovering, it's kind of like, like digging gold, right? Or finding a gem in the mud. Like, oh, wow, it was there all the time. And that was actually what was there, what was created to be there. It just was covered up by other stuff. And that's what it's like to discover God's truth is actually finding what the world was designed to be like. And when we align ourselves with the way that God created our thought patterns and our life patterns to be like, then we find peace and truth. So our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Now, where does this come from? Open your Bibles to Romans 8. If you don't bring Bibles to church, then one, we have them free for you at the Connection Center. Two, you have them at your fingertips if you have a a phone or a tablet. I encourage you to do that. And here's why we say every week why we should be bringing our Bibles to church, because it creates a habit. Today's message is all about God's truth, and the only way you get God's truth is by discovering where God's truth is found, and that's in Scripture. And if the only time that you are getting God's truth in your life is on a Sunday morning or maybe on a Wednesday at Life Group, then you're really not getting enough for you to be able to combat it, your thoughts and all the negativity, all those things in the regular life. So I want to encourage you, bring your Bibles with you, be ready, because it creates the muscle memory. When I need truth, I know where to go. That's the idea, okay? So Romans 8, verses 5 and 6. This is what it says. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but Letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. What is this saying? It's saying that our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. If our thoughts are far from God, if our thoughts are on sex and on drugs, if they're on, you know, how can I get my next paycheck, if they're on greed, if they're on frustration, if they're on doubt, these are not from God. We know that. The Bible is clear. These are not how God created us to live. But if that's what our mind thinks about, we will live out of it. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, right, that our, our thoughts, our words, our actions flow out of what's in our heart already. So the same thing is true, right? This is why Paul, the Apostle Paul said, think about what is, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is right. Think about those things. Why? Because look what he's saying here. He's saying when you, when you allow your thoughts to be controlled by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is God. So when you let him inform the way that we think, think about those things. It pleases the Spirit, and it will lead to life and peace. Our lives move in the direction of of our strongest thoughts. And so what that really means is that our inner dialogue matters. Our inner dialogue matters. And you're like, but I say the right things. I'm kind to people, right? I'm nice at work. I let people 
turn left when I could have the right of way. Like, those are good things, but our inner dialogue matters. How do you talk to yourself? Anybody in the room talk to themselves? I do it all the time. But I mean, like, I mean, like, like naturally when something happens, what is it that you're saying to yourself in your brain? And if we're honest, sometimes what we think about does honor God. Wow, what a beautiful day. God, thank you for this blessing, right? But if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes or oftentimes our thoughts can be very destructive, right? The thoughts about, man, if I could shoot that person in the face, I would. Or I'm so angry right now, I want to punch a wall. Or things like, you know, the words that you say internally when someone cuts you off on the highway. Or when your mom makes you feel small. Or, or when you're, somebody backbites you at work and you lose a promotion. Or whatever it could be, the things inside of our minds sometimes are destructive. The way I think about myself is our minds dominated by sinful, negative, critical thinking? Or is our mind controlled by the Spirit of God, consistent with God honoring truth? Let me give you two different sets of internal thoughts to kind of paint a picture of kind of what we're talking about. Number one, my God is with me. My life matters. I'm full of faith. My mind and my spirit are at peace I have divine energy for the day. Life is amazing. I'm excited about the future. Or, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I just want coffee, and I need coffee all the time. Why did I have these kids? I have too much to do today. It just seems like everything is extra today. All the day, drama all the time. I'm tired of my job. I'm tired of people. They make me crazy. Life is overwhelming. I just can't get ahead no matter what I do. Now, both of those are exaggerations, right? But you get the picture, where do you fall in the middle there? Where, where, do you, where, where are you more likely to fall in that spectrum? Are you living a life of, of like, I feel good. I'm, I, I'm, I have a positive outlook. I, I feel like I know that God is with me. I know I've got a purpose. Or is your life dominated by negativity? Do you feel like no matter what you do, it doesn't help? Or no matter what you do, it's not right? I understand that it's an exaggeration. But I think it typifies the general kind of inner dialogue that we have. And so I want to make a statement, and I want to ask a question. The statement we already said, that your life moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. But the question is this, and I would ask for each of you, and I want you to think about it. Are you excited about the direction that your thoughts are taking you? If our thoughts, if our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts, are you excited about the direction that your thoughts are taking you? And the answer for me was, as I was not. My inner dialogue was more on the negative side. And part of that is my personality. I'm naturally a pessimist. I'm naturally a negative person. As a kid, my parents got me the grumpy Care Bear and the, the, uh, the Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. These were the mascots of my childhood because I naturally had a negativity to it. Now, I've grown up. And I have learned to not be quite so negative, but I will tell you that I am oftentimes was dominated by some of the thoughts that were in my mind. The like when after the day is done and I or when I'm alone or I'm emotionally spent, here were some of the the thoughts that were just 
kind of laying there were always present in my life. And they'll be different for you, but I'm just trying to be honest and transparent with you. Here are things. I don't measure up. I'm not good enough. I'm not effective enough. I can't keep up with what I'm building or what other people are doing. I'm not popular. I'll never be cool. I'll never look as good as that person. Like, I'm too tall. I'm too fat. My clothes don't fit right. I won't have enough money. And even if I had enough money, why am I never happy? Why am I never good enough? Why am I never, why can't I have peace? Why am I always chasing something? These were the thoughts that were in my mind. Even things like, I need a vacation. And then I need a vacation from a vacation. These were the thoughts that I've had. And if I'm just being honest with you, and this is all my life, I have been in this place. And no matter what I would do, I would pray more. I would read the Bible more. I would fast. I would go on vacations. I would go on retreats. I would, I would spend time with friends. I would spend time alone. I would read a book. I would try new hobbies. And I always felt the same way. Sometimes more, sometimes less. Can anybody, like, does anybody in the room, like, identify with this? Nothing I did really made a difference except for one thing. I changed the way that I thought. And I want to be clear is that this is not me. I didn't do anything. This is the difference between a self-help book, okay? Like, I didn't go to a seminar and all of a sudden felt better because I was able to, like, lose weight and do these things. Here's the reality of it, is that I changed because God changed my thinking. And I realized that if I could change my thinking, that I could change a lot of things about me. And I'm in a better place now than I have been in a very long time, even though my schedule and my life has gotten more packed and the challenges have been more intense. Why? Because of a change of thinking. Now, here's how it happens, because you're probably wondering, how does this happen? Romans 12, 2. Do not copy the behavior of the world, the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Again, this is not me changing me. This is God changing me, renewing my mind, stopping the negative thoughts, replacing the lies with godly truth. And this is really all about you and I learning to align our thought life with God's truth. And when I think God's thoughts, God changes me. Now, some of us would say, but Jared, I'm just so stressed out. I have so much to do. What do I do? Here's another thing for you to write down. So much of life is not about what happens to you, but how you think about what happens to you. It's all about perspective. It is about the way that you respond, the way that you think about them. Stress is not about all the things that you have to do. Stress is really more about the things that you think about that you have to do. So how do we change our thinking? How can God help us? Well, for that, we go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in verse 3, says this, For though we live in the world... We do not wage war as the world does. We don't drop bombs. We don't punch people. We don't get angry. We don't shoot people. We don't yell. We don't drink, you know, and get drunk. To, you know, this is not how we fight. Instead, verse 4 says, the weapons that we fight with are the, not weapons of the world. On the contrary, the weapons that we have have the divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, if you're like me, I heard this passage of scripture probably a hundred times in my life. If you grew up in the church, this is one of those things that people like to quote, right? 
We have divine power to demolish strongholds. And if you're like me, it just went in in one ear and went out the other. And until maybe a couple of years ago when I began to start putting this into practice, like it, it, something clicked. And so I'm praying today and believing today that for someone in the room, maybe for all of you, I'm praying and believing that you will hear this, that God will. Actually, let's pray right now. Father, I pray that right now you would open our hearts, open our ears and our eyes as we read Scripture today, as we see it, that, you would, that something would fall into place. That, that if they've heard this passage a hundred times, that today would be the time where it unlocks and the truth would, would root in our hearts. I pray today for breakthrough against strongholds. They would understand the power of how you can change our thinking. I ask for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have divine power to demolish strongholds. It talks about these weapons. What are the weapons of a Christian? We, have, we fight with prayer. We fight with fasting. We fight with the word of God. In fact, Paul actually talks about another passage of scripture that he, he uses imagery. He says, we have the sword of the spirit. I, when I was a teenager, I, like, I was watching The Matrix, okay? I was watching, like, playing video games. So swords don't really do much for me. So I thought I drew a guy who was wearing, like, a trench coat and had a shotgun in his hand. It doesn't matter. The shotgun of the spirit. Who cares, okay? The idea is it's a weapon, the shield of faith. We talked about in other passages of Scripture, at other sermons, about the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, right? The shoes of peace, right? These are things that protect us and also things that we fight with. And it says that these weapons are powerful. And not just powerful, they have divine power. So think of like a magic sword. If anybody ever played like a video game, you pick up these magical items that had magic on them. They didn't just do one thing. They actually had additional power. These things, like when we pray, if you're like, I just pray and I say like a prayer, it's, you need to in, like, know that it is infused with divine authority to demolish the enemy in your life. So divine strongholds. It says we have the power to demolish strongholds. Well, what is a stronghold? This is a word that oftentimes in Christian circles gets either abused or can be misunderstood. But here's what it literally means. The Greek word is akuroma. Say that, akuroma. It literally means a fortified castle or like a dungeon, Okay, so I put a picture up there. Think of it like a prison, a place that someone is brought to and is held captive in. But the language that's used here, the, impl the, in the implied nature that Paul is writing is actually like a prison of deception. One that is held where they're actually, they're, they didn't even lock the door. So it's a place where they think that they are held so strongly, a place where you are in the bowels of this fortified castle, maybe on a hill that no matter what they do, they're not going to get in, right? But the way that Paul's talking about it, where he's writing, is he's implying that, that, it's, that it's a place where you are deceived that you are there. It's like an escape room. Anybody have ever done one of those escape rooms? Like, like where you go and you're trying to get out and you have to figure all the clues. And then at the end of it, you realize that you, you got out, you, you unlocked it. But imagine for a second that you stayed in the room and you thought you were locked in there forever. That's the kind of stronghold that Paul is talking about. He's talking about the mind and how there are patterns in our lives, thought processes in our lives, things that we think about ourselves, things that we think about other people that lock us in into a way of thinking. A stronghold is a false mindset. 
It is a prison, deceived into believing that there is no way out from whatever it is that is holding us back. This akurama, it is a prison that we live in. But this passage just said that we have the ability to demolish it, to break it, the authority to do it. Not ours, divine authority. And some of us in the room today, whatever thoughts are in your mind, things like, I could never do that. I can't do that. I can't be this person. I could never do that. I would never do that. But the door is unlocked for you, and you've never even tried to open it. Because Jesus has set you free. Because the Bible makes it abundantly clear that because we are his children and the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, that what the Bible says is true is true for us. And anything that is a lie, anything that is a stronghold, anything that we believe that against what the Bible says, we are willingly locked inside of a prison, even though Jesus broke it down for us. That's, that's wild. And some of us, the idea of moving outside of the stronghold is actually scarier than the stronghold itself. Some of us think that we are something. I'm not, I could never get up in front of someone and speak. I could never lead a worship song. I could never go on a missions trip. I could never get that promotion. I could never, whatever it is, because someone told you that or you failed enough times where you felt like it wasn't possible for you. And yet if you feel like the Lord is saying, I want this for you or I believe this for you or scripture says you are this and not that, the idea of moving out of that space and becoming the person that God has called you to be is terrifying. And yet... That means that you're living a child of God as like a withered soul, and that's not what God has for you. We have the power to demolish those strongholds. But how? Look at the next verse. Verse 5 says this, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Listen to what the New Living Translation says. I love that. It. it says, we capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. We teach every negative thought. We have to command every lie, every thought that is full of doubt, every thought that says you're something that you're not, and we have to make it obey Christ. A rebellious thought. What's a rebellious thought? Negativity. Critical thinking, not critical in the sense of like I'm thinking through something, analyzing something, but being cynical, condemning, hateful, fearful, worried, something that's not Christ-honoring. We capture it. We say, no, that's not right, and we teach it to obey Christ. We teach it the Word of God. What do I mean by this? This is, this is what changed in me. I used to be so controlled by my thoughts of insecurity I would feel awful about myself. I would leave after a Sunday morning or after a church event, and I would go home on a Sunday afternoon, and I would fall into a pit of like despair, and I would feel like nothing I did mattered. I would feel like everybody hated what we did. I would look at every single number that was in a chair, and I would be worried, and I would be so afraid, and I would, I would just felt terrible, and I had to get my wife. She would have to like pull me out and be like, Jared, come on, don't worry. You were good. Your sermon was great. And I, I'm just being raw and honest with you guys. I would go to work sometimes, and I would, if I didn't get the words of affirmation that I needed from my coworker or from my boss. I would feel like I wasn't doing a good job, even though I knew I was doing a good job. I mean, anybody in the room is like this. This is what would happen. But what changed in me is I realized that I had to take those thoughts captive and teach them to obey Christ. What does that mean? 
Well, the reality is, is that I know that I'm a child of God. So every time I would feel like I'm a loser, every time I felt like I wasn't good enough, I would say, that's not true. I'm taking it captive. That's a rebellious thought. I'm capturing it, putting it in prison, and I'm teaching it to obey Christ. And I say, no, I'm a child of God. I'm more than a conqueror. If God is for me, who can be against me? And as I start repeating these things to myself, as I underline them in my Bible, I wake up in the morning and I go to this. I started bookmarking. By the way, the Bible app, again, has the ability for you to bookmark scriptures. And when you bookmark them, that means you can go back to the collection of bookmarks, you can even categorize them. So what did I start doing? If you guys look at my phone, I will prove it to you if you don't believe me. Look inside my phone and you will see the bookmark section that has categories of different different topics. Some of them say things like um, how to fight against sadness, how to fight against depression, how to fight, how to know that I'm how to know that I'm a child of God, whatever it might be. And if I feel that way, I go to those bookmarks and remind myself of what scripture says. That's what it literally means to take a thought captive and to teach it to obey Christ. And so every time I think a negative thought, every time I think a jaded thought, every time I think of of fear or doubt, I remind myself of God's thoughts and what he says about me. And what happens is over time you begin to, that voice begins to get quieter and quieter and quieter. And you get stronger and stronger in your confidence and your knowledge of who God is and what he says about you. And you can fight stronger and more last longer. It's been incredible. It changed everything about me. What negative thoughts are dominating your thinking? I want you to, maybe this week or even right now, write down a couple. Maybe it's, I can't get it done. Maybe I'm not a good enough mom or everything is always a battle or I'm, I'm so inconsistent as a person. I'm an undisciplined individual I will never get ahead no matter what I do. I will always struggle with my weight. I'm not great with people. I'm just an average student. I'm never enough no matter what I do. What are, the, what are they for you? Write them down. But know that your life will move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And so my question to you and for all of us is this. What spiritual truth will demolish your strongholds? Because that's how you fight the battle. If there's a certain type of thought that that is a stronghold, a a prison for my mind, a prison for my actions, a prison for the way that I live my life, that is contrary to what God says about me, what spiritual truth, what spiritual weapon will demolish that stronghold? And you might need some help with this. And this is why life groups are so important. We harp on it all the time. And I think almost everybody in the room here is a part of a life group. Because they're important is because what happens is is there are times when you're so in it that you can't even think about where to go in Scripture. You can't remind yourself and you need someone else to see it and to remind you. That's why. So here are some ideas, some spiritual truths that help demolish strongholds. I have everything that I need to do everything that God calls me to do. Every one of these are based out of Scripture. Christ in me is more than enough. Worry is not my master. My faith is in God and in God alone. I will not be easily offended because I live a full, unconditional, unstoppable, unquenchable love. Because I receive a full, unconditional, unstoppable, unquenchable love. I receive it and I give it. So I will not be easily offended. My God is with me. He will never leave me. 
theirs is just, just a handful, just a handful, like five of probably like 300, 400, maybe even more that are just all throughout Scripture about who we are as God's children. And the more we align ourselves with those thoughts, the more I, I use them specifically to fight against thoughts that are not of God, thoughts that lead me down a path that, of negativity. If you're the kind of a person where you drink and you drink a lot, if you drink a lot when you're sad, then you know the direction of your thoughts. I start, it doesn't start with me getting drunk. What it starts with is I'm frustrated. I've had a rough day at work, so I need a drink, right? That's where it starts. But, then, but in order to combat that and not end up in that direction, you have to start combating. Take it captive in the beginning. Change it. Teach it to obey Christ and move in a different direction. And so what I did over the last couple of years is I've started this process, and I am by no means perfect. I still struggle with it. There are days where I do need my friends. There are days where I need my Bible to really, I have to stare at it for like an hour just to like, like just get past my own mind. There are days where I have to have my life group. There are days where I have to call up my other pastor friends or my mom or my dad, and I need encouragement. And that's just the way that our life is going to be. But I want you to know that I'm, I'm at peace. Like, like, I didn't have to go on vacation. I got to go on vacation. And I had a great time, and I came home, and I'm rested that only happens when you find peace every day, not just after a week-long vacation. And it's the way that we think, the way that we, the way that we, we, we teach ourselves to think about what God says, and we begin to believe it over time. And you might say this right now. It might feel weird to you. It might feel awkward to you to, like, get up in the morning. Like, I encourage you to, to write down, go through scriptures. There are books you can buy, the promises of God. There are all sorts of resources, and I can give them to you if you, if you want, have questions. I don't know where to start. Come to me, and I'll, I'll take you. I'll show you websites, and we'll find things. Write them down in your phone or put them on your, your cubicle at work or in your bathroom in the morning. And, you know, so it's the thing. And before you leave the house or before you start your work day, I'm telling you, do this. Start, read them aloud to yourself. Make them a prayer for you. Recite them to yourself. Do it throughout the day. And it's going to feel weird. You're like, I feel really strange about like saying out loud. I feel like I'm like saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Listen, just start doing it. Just start, just start reciting God's word to yourself. Start doing it. And then over time, you'll start to believe it because you're going to start to see the truth because it's true whether you believe it or not. I want you to know that. Hear me. God's word is true whether you believe it or not. His truth is true whether you believe it or not. His truth is true whether you feel it or not. It's like the rock that was there all along. And we're trying to discover it. And now instead of it just sitting in the mud, you pick it up, you clean it up, you put it on a bracelet or a necklace or a watch, and now you wear it every day. You carry it with you. Words that I can live by. We can declare over and over again. I want you to close your eyes. and We're going to finish with this. Come up with a few of these. These are not, they're not word for word. They're just ideas that, that we have that would help us. If you feel like you're worried all the time, here's what you could say. Because of Christ, I am not anxious about anything. I cast my cares on God because he cares for me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling my mind. You could repeat that to yourself on a daily basis. If you don't know God's will for your life, you could say something like this. My life belongs to God. Daily, I seek him. 
and daily he directs my steps. I know his voice and he leads me to his perfect will. Maybe you lack confidence in your life. You could say something like this. My confidence is in Christ and Christ alone. Because his spirit lives within me, I can do everything he calls me to do. Maybe you have, you struggle with an inconsistent time with God. You can start here. I love the living, indwelling presence of my good God. Praying is as important to me as breathing. And God's word nourishes my soul. I depend on his presence every moment of every day. Just keep your eyes closed. I understand that it will probably feel silly. Just keep doing it. And whether you do it out loud or whether you just read it and you just kind of recite it in your own mind, it doesn't matter. I promise you it will feel more natural. I promise you it will work because it is not just words on a paper. It is the Spirit of God, the divinely inspired words that transform. And you may feel like you're lying to yourself. Keep declaring God's truth in your life. He will renew your mind. He will begin to change the way you think. And you will have a Spirit-controlled mind. Father, I pray for this group today. This is a really hard concept, I think, to, be, to, to take root. It's one that took me some 30-something years to begin to apply. And I know I've got a long way to go, but I already see the fruit of it. I see how you have changed me. I see how the last couple of years, my outlook on life, the challenges that have come, I've responded differently to them. I see how, how I have peace in the middle of the most distressing of circumstances. God, you are the only one who can do that. You have changed the way that I think, and I thank you for it. And I pray now for every person in the room today that your word, not my words, your word, whether it be the scriptures we read or the spirit of God right now that is that would take root in our hearts and our minds, that we would believe that your word is true, that you have given us powerful weapons to demolish the lies, the strongholds, the prisons that hold us captive. I thank you you have not left us on this earth to fend for ourselves, but that you are with us and that you give us the tools necessary to become the people that you've called us to be. God, I pray that you would help each one of us today to align our thoughts with your thoughts, with your word. God, give us a hunger to read your word. Give us a hunger to recite your word to ourselves. Would you give us a hunger to spend time with brothers and sisters who will lift us up, who will encourage us, who will remind us of truth and who will confront us when we are living lies. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ over every person today, authority. I demolish the strongholds of doubt, of fear, the lies of identity, the labels that have been put on each one of us. I demolish them in Jesus' name through the Spirit of God, the authority you've given us, but also, God, we will pray for each other. We will recite scripture together. We will fast together. We will worship together. And we know that strongholds are broken in those places. And I just ask that right now, God, you would give us the faith to begin thinking that it's possible. 
thank you for how you've spoken. I pray that we would look back a month from now, uh, six months from now, a year from now, years from now, and we would see how this has changed each one of us. I pray for a beautiful day. I thank you for this time together. Let us go from this place encouraged and challenged in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.